0: This episode of Pondering Nerdcast was brought to you by GamingRebellion.com. Join the community today at GamingRebellion.com, where it's more than just games. Hey guys, and welcome to the Pondering Nerdcast. Uh, Tonight we have uh, Pedro Mont of uh, Leap Game Studios. Um, He's also... Tell everybody what your title is, because I don't want to butcher it. You
1: know. Hello, everyone. This is Pedro. My title, I guess, would be sales and marketing. We deal with boring stuff, uh, but you'll get to see how boring it is
0: for the conversation. Also joining me tonight is Mickey.
2: Hi, guys.
0: Uh, The rest of the crew decided to go and slay a whale. No, I'm playing. No, they didn't do that. Um, This little stupid joke I made before I start the show. Um, But yes, like Pedro said, we're going to be talking about the marketing side of, well, not just um, League Game Studios, but I guess, you know, overall uh, description of what it is like to market indie games, Um, especially in the market of like AAA stuff that's out there and like where I think personally indie games is on the rise in a big way on multiple different platforms and everything like that. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit, you know, like how you got started in this sort of thing? I would say what inspired you to get into this sort of
1: thing. Sure, I would have to go back. Uh, I'm born, raised in Peru, so I guess I should start there. And I started very young. Like um, I remember playing Atari uh, 2600, like the very basic games. And like one of the games I played, of course, was that horrible Heat E.T. game that everyone, everybody is talking about and just <laughs> recently being uncovered. So that's how I really started. And then I got really deep into PC gaming, the old adventure games from uh, Sierra Game Studios. And that's actually how I learned English, because I needed to understand English in order to be able to beat the game. So ah. I, I got really deep in, into, into understanding every single word that was written on the game. It was, it was a really good experience.
0: Uh, interesting thing, um, we actually had the designer of E.T., oh. uh, the design of that game, on the show at one point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean,
1: I, I wonder if he was really proud about.
0: Uh, if you, yeah, if you go back and listen to the episode, uh, he he explained how it all came about. It was more of a rush job, you know, and he put it out. And but he's known for at the time for making one of the worst video games and one of the best video games. Oh, awesome. You know, so he can live in both gami, uh, both ends of this You know what I'm saying? So it, it was pretty cool talking to him about that. You just need one good game, and then I mean, you're, pretty much, yeah, and there you go. Like, like we were talking before we started the show, Minecraft. Absolutely, absolutely. so, so through gaming, you learned to speak English, and you decided, to just I'm, I'm going into this. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, back in Peru, most of the uh, of the jobs that you could get were not really in video game. Video game was not an industry that people went into. So it was the basics like you had to be in their medicine business. Or, or an architect, uh, engineering. Um, so in my case, I went the business route. Uh, so I started, I uh, undergrad in business, focused specifically on marketing and sales. And I've, after that, I mean, I've been doing sales and marketing for different industries. And the last few years, I've invested and now have a executive role within League Game Studios. And that's how I really delved deep into a the real passion that I have, which is video games as an industry, and also be using all the tools that I learned from the marketing and sales side.
0: Ah, very cool, very cool. Uh, so what was the, I was should I ask, like, what was the first game that you um, really got into marketing, and how was that experience for you? Like, So uh, being new to the industry, I mean, I had to learn
1: really quickly. I think the first game that I got involved and negotiated a little bit was Squares, which was uh, launched for PlayStation Vita. At the time, uh, the team at Leap Game Studios was already part of the PlayStation incubation program, which by the way, it's a great program and I cannot talk uh, enough good things about the the folks at PlayStation and how they really support the indie scene. So basically uh, I had to negotiate and market around like when the launch date was supposed to be, how many copies we were gonna develop, whether we weren't going to go through a publisher route or whether we want to self-publish, so I mean, all those key decisions that you have to make at a certain point in time, they cost money and time. So we decided to self-publish, and we uh, relied a lot on on the marketing side of uh, Sony in order to make the game
0: uh, known to all the to all the people around through the PlayStation Store. So that was, uh, that was the studio's goal was to get it out on the PlayStation platform or did like, Sony approach you guys?
1: It's a great question. So initially we had it for mobile and we had a very quirky prototype for mobile and Sony liked it and that's how we we got picked to be part of the uh,
0: incubation program.
1: Wow, cool, cool.
0: And yeah, I would definitely have to back you up and say that I just came back from E3 and um, I got to check out the indie section for PlayStation, and it was huge, um, bigger than I thought it would be, yeah, from people from all over the world. And I was just amazed at how well they treated everyone. Um, there was a guy there, I forgot his, I don't remember his name, I remember the name of the game, which is uh, Masquerada uh, from The, the Witch and Hour Studios. And I got to speak to him prior for a show that I did, um, and he was like, yeah, Sony helped us out, for my ticket to get here and I was like oh damn so it's like it you know there is there's definitely that community sense that you talk about like how they help each other that's you know, a really powerful thing um you know
1: also another thing that I think it's it's very interesting how Sony's approaching in this is that he, they are not only focused on the US market or even the European market which is very big they are focused all around the world they have uh people that travel to like different continents of the world looking for indies where they can help them invest uh, so it's 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 a very powerful powerful program that they have i mean they actually fly to south america to look for the studios
0: wow okay that's really cool
1: it's dude. amazing
0: yeah i didn't know that uh so damn. Well, yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, video games are made everywhere in the world. I mean, it's uh, it's now with the tools at hand. I mean, it makes it easier. Of course, the skill set might not be there yet, but if you have like an idea and it's a it's a very powerful game mechanic that you have, I mean, you can do something. You can really do something.
0: Yeah, it's. A, it's I've always said that video games is the great um, level and playing and field for everyone, you know. And uh, so this is just another aspect of that happening or is, is the business side of things, but it shows that some companies are taking an initiative and like not just looking for their main markets, but everywhere. that they can.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, flappy beer came from Southeast Asia. I mean, he was, yeah, it was like the middle of nowhere and you just come up with a really come great concept. Nowhere,
0: yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Have you seen any differences in your marketing, um, uh, objectives for the different regions that you are marketing to around the world? So
1: I think the objective is still the same. You want to uh, be able to reach a broad audience. That's that's the main goal, be able to reach a broad audience. Uh, it is extremely hard. I mean, again, there are certain games that lend themselves to a very broad audience, like Minecraft, for example, because it's very. But there are certain games that are very specific on people uh, in certain regions like specific genres right. and also then again specific uh channels like uh, some might be stronger on pc gaming some might be stronger on console gaming i mean uh korea for example strong on mobile gaming they have a very strong internet connection so it makes, yeah. makes it easier <laughs> for them to 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 have online mobile gaming there so it's it truly it really depends i mean again broader audience but you need to tailor it a little bit localize it a bit so it, so it can impact the the customer
2: yeah yeah if i was in korea i would definitely be up on my phone all the time <laughs> have to take advantage of that yeah. sweet sweet internet um so what i don't know
0: if you can talk about it, but like what are some of the markets that you find it a little difficult to advertise to or market your game to um, so far
1: well at leap game studios we have experience on the uh, pc market well uh, for third parties so we we usually make video games for uh, large companies like Cartoon Network, uh, cool. KFC, we make games like for uh, Rocket Internet, so several big companies, uh, some of the names that I cannot really mention online, but mm-hmm. uh, and then half of the games we develop for our own company, uh, so our own IP games. For our own IP, uh, we have experience on console, specifically PlayStation Vita, and we're recently going to launch on mobile, but mobile is a very tricky market I mean and just recently experiencing the market it's uh pricing is different and it's very challenging to to make yeah. make a
0: living out of a.
1: competition mm. is extremely hard I mean, <laughs> yeah it's, it's,
0: it's like, like 10,000 a day it seems like yeah and, and it's
1: very hard to get featured on the on the apps either like the ios yeah. like the apple store
2: or, so you know. saturated and there's so many garbage apps out there yeah. so many yeah
1: and even if you go through a publisher i mean it's uh, it's very hard to to be able to stand out so i think i mean if i have to say a tricky market mobile has been the trickiest so far mm. i mean console is hard but this at least you you, you know when you're gonna launch and you know price points and it's easier to to, move. Right. It's
0: it's pretty fixed.
2: Um, Yeah.
1: And maybe let me go back a little bit on why sales and marketing. I mean, one of the reasons and I was talking to the team about this is that this is not about mm, like being millionaires or billionaires. That's not our goal. Our goal is to be able to make money to pay the bills so we can continue doing what we love doing, which is making video games. Of course. Uh, Because if not, we will have to find a job at the bank or somewhere that <laughs> can actually pay the bills. So for me, when I went into Leapin Studios, and I, this w- I would recommend for, for any really in indie studio, is that you, you have to think about this, not only as a, as a pet project, as a uh, uh, something that you wanna do because you want to do it, but really think on how you're gonna make a living out of this. Uh, and be straightforward, for us, what it works is work for hire. So we make games for other bigger companies and that's how it works. For other people, I mean, they can deliver several different games very fast. Some of them work, some of them don't, and then they make an income that way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, we, we were really really realistic on, on the way we were going to pay the bills right. and the expenses that we needed to incur in order to make each game. Ah, that's so that's that's how we decide. Uh, on the flip side, being on the business side, I mean, I didn't want to be the guy that told Walt Disney that he should not uh, do Mickey Mouse because... <laughs> People or kids like dogs more than mouses. So I mean, it's uh, mice. So mm. it's um, it's it's a fine line that, uh, as, as a business, sales, marketing side, uh, you have to negotiate and be able to to interact with the artists, with the programmers, right. with yeah. the game development um, gurus. Yeah. I mean, they have a vision, they have a, a way of doing it, and you don't wanna like cut that down right, yeah. but at the same time you also need to make money yes. to pay the bills. Yeah. So yeah it's, yeah
0: it's
2: a very fine
0: line yeah there's yeah there's a practical side of things and there's the really um
2: fostering creativity at the same yeah, time and it's i it, i would say it's hard
0: in any field that is labeled as creative you know I uh-huh. mean um, you know like with what i do which is podcasting and stuff like that some in some sense it's creative um, you know, but uh, well, we don't make any money, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I do this because for the love and my own curiosity and also to sharpen my skills as I go along. And I could imagine if I, if we, if we started making money and we have somebody like you on our team and stuff like that, I'm probably going to have to have a lot of
2: arguments about It's like, you know, hey man, I really want to do this. You know, it's
0: like, you know, but it's, it, I'm sure it's, it's a give and take relationship. And also you can see what you can do back and forth, you know. So, I mean, what it worked for
1: me specifically with the team is I give certain hints about like market or what, the, what channels we need to go through. Like, for example, we know that how big of a uh, market is like mobile against console, against PC, against VR, against right. uh, like handheld. So yeah. given that, do we still want to go that route? Sure. Okay. I mean, that's the risk we take as a company and that's fine. Mm. As long as everybody knows what the
0: risk is. Okay. You keep you, you. pretty much keep them realistic. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, try to without being like on, like without. Uh, yeah, without crushing th- anybody's reach
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> because I. I mean, I. I love my team, and I think that's the reason why. Why I'm with there. I mean, it's such a great team that I know. I mean, and I, you can, like, well, I will play back this like recording maybe like five years from now. They mm-hmm. will make it. I know. I'm absolutely certain that they will make it. They will make something really big. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's gonna be. Right now, right this year, or specifically with with leap, mm. but the team is so good, so so good. They will make it. Oh. I have no uh, no doubt on my mind of that.
2: cool. Awesome. Are there any? So you mentioned that you went to school for marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. Are there any industry movers and shakers that you're following right now that have done some really creative marketing campaigns that are that have inspired you? Or
1: that's a really great question. So yeah. uh, I mean. I guess it's it's not... It's not in the that.
2: past or present?
1: So in the present, for, like, for example, I think it's, it's really interesting how uh, in the mobile industry, like the big one supercell is like practically investing millions and millions a day on marketing to widen the gap for anybody else that wants to go into that space. I mean, it will be extremely hard just to catch up just mm. because of the millions that they put in. I mean, that's one way of doing it. Of course, you're going to get the quirky small games that will make break out, but those might be the outliers. So I think that's a very smart strategy. If you have the money and the funding to do it, great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, now they have uh, 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 funding, I believe Tencent invested in them recently. So, I mean, it it, it will be interesting to see what's what's happening. I follow the the video game market from a very business-like perspective. Of course. To to see it's interesting. Yeah. I, I mean... And also, I mean, I love video games, and that's why I went into this. But I also saw the business side of this. We're talking about a market that's bigger than uh, music and movies combined. Yeah. And video games. Yeah, video games yeah. is bigger. Again, yeah. I mean, we're clumping together like the, the, the hardware side too, but okay. I mean, growing at a 15% rate. So, I mean, it's a, it's a really great market to be in. Very competitive, very disruptive, mm. but still a very great market to be in. Uh, and also the fact that there are several companies that come and go. I mean, it, this is something that, that really amazes me. You have companies like Nintendo that were like at the top of their game and they have really smart people there. Yeah. So right now, I mean, what happened, I mean, it's not that the people that were not smart, it's just that it's such an evolving market that really anybody can make it. Let's go even back Atari. I mean, Atari used to be a household mm. name. Right. Yeah. Now they are really, I think they're investing in the internet of things and they're no longer in video games anymore. Or I think maybe like, a little bit of uh of the of the like casino type of games but not not really the the mainstream right that we we know and love.
0: yeah i think recently um uh, mickey uh a company that she worked for I, uh, there was another company i was stepping into the casino
2: yeah i'm trying to remember it i, I don't, I don't think remember
0: i don't think it's ubisoft but it was like another gaming company known <laughs> like, they are like yeah we're gonna try our hand at making these small yeah casino games. go like, figure oh, okay
1: it's pretty interesting. Um, oh, there's a lot of money there. I, I could
0: imagine. Sure. Yeah.
1: There was yeah. a, a chat not long ago at the NYU Game Center about the the ludic mindset of, of the casino players. like uh, and, and they actually compared it to the mindset of someone playing a game. I mean, they said that when you're on those uh, old, like um, I think they call it uh, baron rubber games, the ones that you pull the, mm. the lever and they you, you get the free types of... Uh,
2: Oh, oh. S- oh, I well, forgot that kind of slot machine. Um, slot machine. Oh, okay, slot there machine. Okay. Yeah. So
1: in in slot machines, when you're playing slot machines, you're in the zone. You pretty much don't think about it. You just press the button and try to get those free. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the okay. same mindset you can get when playing a video game. But when playing a video game, you don't monetize it. You just like right, you pay. you're just playing. Yeah, for... you're just playing. Yeah, but yeah. if you can be able to like monetize that when you're in the zone playing, I mean, people <laughs> right. would be happy to pay. So I mean that's why casinos since of course the target market which is older people are are, are not going to be a, a, an interesting market anymore they're targeting the younger audience and because the mindset when once you're in the zone,
0: is the same is mm-hmm. okay oh. so yeah, think about that, that I mean well I'm assuming there's definitely a science behind even when you're marketing this game and how the capture that audience of course Um, a lot of
2: research that goes into it i bet right maybe you could tell us a little bit about that like Like, do you have like a research team or
1: i I do the research mostly on my own oh okay oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) but i I like reading i mean i I like investigating on public companies reading their 10ks and this goes from my business side Uh, i mean i can I can pretty much understand a balance sheet and this income statement and understand why companies make the moves that they make. Like for example, why Microsoft bought Minecraft I and mean, if it made sense to buy it at that price.
2: Yeah, yeah
1: can you tell us about that? I don't understand that. <laughs> so I mean they have a pretty broad base, like when they bought Minecraft, I think the the main reason and then again this is my conjecture, is, is because you have a very broad base of young people. Yeah. Like and that is not really easy to reach. I mean, I don't think there's a video game company that has actually reached uh, the younger audience for a while. Like Minecraft. Like
2: Minecraft. okay. Have. I mean,
1: before Minecraft, maybe Nintendo was the best example. Yeah, Nintendo but had a, yeah. But after Nintendo went a little bit down, which might rebound, uh, there was really no one taking care of that, like, 12 under market. So... I mean, if Microsoft wanted to invest in that market, it was easier to buy Minecraft than to just like pour money and try to make a game that appeals to that audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I completely agree with that. It's what I try to tell my friends about the movements that Facebook makes. You know, it's like, you know, why build something where you can just buy something that's already built, and you you kind of buy that built-in audience already. Um, and hopefully, they don't they're not so disgusted by the person, you know. But the thing is. audience is already there they're not really paying attention to what that company got sold for so they're they're kind of like because you know when Instagram was bought by Facebook none none of their 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 user base just grew it -hmm. didn't fall um, because most of the user base didn't know Mm -hmm. that Facebook owned them. they just it was still around it still operated the same way, same thing like Minecraft. It still works like and pretty much Minecraft. You can run Minecraft on anything now, yeah. um, you know, cell phones, tablets, it's everywhere. And and I think for like that speaks about the scalability of anything yeah. out there, which is amazing. You know?
1: But just like you, you learn from the the companies that made a great investment. You also must also learn from the companies that actually didn't work and why it didn't work because there's a lot of learning out there too. Like for example, if we put the comparison, Yahoo bought Pinterest, right? and how has Pinterest fared so far? I mean, they've been lagging.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so why is that? I mean, it's not that Yahoo doesn't have really great people behind them. They do, I mean, there's more people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's it's something that you need to investigate and, and reason why, why, why uh, for me, it's interesting. I mean, I, again, from a business side, I, I study the companies, try to see why they move the way they do, mm-hmm. why they buy the companies that they buy, and where there's an opportunity for us in the games, in the studios, to, to like be able to carve a niche and be able to become really good at something
0: right to grab onto that mm-hmm. yeah and I've, it's funny um, I've had several people ask me you know why do things go viral or why do why why would something catch on fire like out of nowhere and I tell them listen <laughs> opportunity time and you know like sheer luck you know for for certain things mm-hmm. uh, and there there are other and and I think people can tell when a company is trying to be a little disingenuous to try and make something viral as well. I think I think the commu- like the, like I would say the internet community can kind of sense that and mm-hmm. they just don't they know. Like, they just this is visual. No, fuck you. I'm not going to <laughs> buy your stuff or yeah. I don't want anything to do with that. And um yeah, it is really it is like I said it's it's a difficult interesting problem. Yeah. It's is, and it is, I've always find it very interesting, and I think it's a great study in human behavior, it, it in
1: some sense as well. I mm-hmm. mean, you have to mix psychology, sociology. I mean, there are several things that you can bring onto the table, which is not really video games per se, but how you understand
0: and evolve the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of evolving, um, with, with League game studios, are you guys think? Are you guys, I don't know if you guys uh, are you guys gonna like jump on the VR bandwagon as well, or are you guys working on anything in that realm? So we've done a
1: couple of uh, VR game jams okay. just to test mechanics I mean we haven't found something that really ap- appeals to us that I mean one of the things that that we uh, that I love about the studio is the the fact that we make games that we love okay and if we don't think the mechanic and if we don't have a champion within the studio that really wants to develop this mm-hmm. we don't do it just because of our, of our market trend or because of of it makes business sense, okay. so I don't try to push it just that way. But we do have a, a VR equipment that we've been playing for about uh, now two years. Oh, okay, okay, cool.
2: that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think
0: that's fair. You cool. have
2: a very strong talent pool already in your company, and why not foster the talent that's already there and the skill sets that you have access to with your, um, with within your developers, um, and content creators, um, and do what you guys do best, right? And I'm I'm sure you guys advocate for new technologies when you see that it fits your goals. Yeah. But why jump on the bandwagon of every new thing?
1: So I think, I mean, if there was an interesting concept or an interesting mechanic that we wanted to explore, and VR was the tool that was the the best to do it, I mean, we would do it that way but I don't think we just wanna jump on the bandwagon just because the market opportunity is there. Right, I mean, yeah. we, we believe very strongly about developing passion projects. Even for mm-hmm. third parties, like we, we try to, to engage uh, uh, IPs that we love, like Cartoon Network, might, one of them they have, like most of the studio watches all the Cartoon Network shows and they're big fans, so <laughs> that's one of the reasons that we, we, we go with them.
2: You guys do Adult Swim stuff like those games? We are looking into that. Oh, nice! Oh, nice, nice, Those games are crazy. I love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so I I, I met I
0: met somebody from Adult Swim at
2: the E3. Um, they have some pretty interesting games coming out. Yeah, so
0: I would tell people to keep an eye. out. For you guys might be developing one of them. <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> nice. Um, so what do you? So continuing the topic of VR, how do you feel the marketing is going for that? With you know, because it's there's literally let's say there's top competitors when it comes to the PC side of things, which mm-hmm. is the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift. I, mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity to try both. Mm-hmm. I personally, I love the Vive because it can fit my glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the Rift, not so much. But yeah. But what do you? What do you think? Are you? Do you think that it's VR is nothing new? Mm-hmm. I should let people know. Like it's it's nothing new. It's been like what the last twenty years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, that companies not just companies but the military or the US military has been messing around with it for there's been many, many studies about all kinda of different effects and the the good and the bad and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But what do you what do you think it is now, like um, marketing wise as a business, like where what is that?
1: so from a business perspective, I mean it's gonna be a big market, but we don't know the actual usage of it and how it's gonna be like like much exploited. Mm. because there's no game game mechanic the haptics are also very limited right now uh, so on the gaming side I'm not sure and I'm, I'll be totally truthful we're, we're not sure we know it's going to be big but we know we don't know which genre is going to be big or what type of gameplay or mechanic is going to make it big into the VR world yeah so, but on the flip side I mean going its VR goes far beyond video games and the uses that you have, like for example, you mentioned the military, that's one of them. Yeah. You have uses like far beyond. Like I've seen, I'm also part of an angel investment group. I've seen uh, uses of um, VR to train uh, doctors in order to mm. do surgery simulators, microsurgery, yeah. yeah, microsurgery. So, I mean, that's that's really cool, that's I really
2: mean. important too. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So, it has uh, it, they they're great. using it for there's another company that um, I'm very good friend with, and they, they are making. Um, concerts on vr so we are actually feeling that like you're in a concert and also, it's not a video That's, game per se wow. but it's an experience yeah. yeah and they got funding i think they already made their series a funding uh so i mean again there's lots of opportunities mm. but i think where we're gonna see the most traction very quickly it's gonna be outside of video games because they might be able to monetize it faster and easier than video games might i mean uh we'll i'm very curious to see once Uh, PlayStation launches their their video game because they have uh, quite a collection to see what the reaction is to the video games themselves I
0: I think the PlayStation VR is probably going to be the winner when it comes to the consoles because of how one we both that's how we met we both were waiting in line to try it out and it is extremely comfortable very adjustable and it it works on a console right right out the box Mm -hmm. you know whereas the HTC Vive and the Oculus you need a pretty hefty computer to even push out, you know, that sort of experience. Um, but, in my opinion, I feel like, like like you said, it, it's not going to catch fire with gaming right away. It's probably more, because I got to experience, um, there's this thing with movie theaters now, some of them, not all, mm-hmm. uh, 40X, where the chair moves. So, there were I got to experience it with the Oculus, mm-hmm. and that, in my opinion, because I didn't see a point of me sitting watching a huge screen and then my chair moves all the time and I can't see what the hell is happening. Mm-hmm. So with the VR headset and if my chair is moving in tandem with my eyes are not shifting, it's like my screen is shifting with me. So it makes more sense. Like, you know, I can see it really taking off in more of a passive entertainment um, aspect. No, I'm yeah. curious, Lance. I mean...
1: Uh- you made it sound so good Where can I try it out
0: oh well i i started i started <laughs> e3 so okay i don't Next know year. i don't know when they're going to if they're going to bring it to i couldn't get to speak to the people there but mm-hmm. the, it, it was a really interesting um they tried that with a short video of a video game actually but it was a movie from the video game um uh damn i can't remember it one of the games that the.
2: I'm my tongue but I can't remember. So. Well, maybe you can find the link and put it in the... Yeah, when I, I finally... I'll go to podcast, like, I tried this. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, But it, it seems like this is what they were testing out, and it worked really well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once the chair moves along with the VR, I think it cuts down on motion sickness really quickly because now your body... You know, you're not tricking your body into thinking you're moving. It's actually moving at that point. Mm-hmm. And I will, I will agree. I think... I think the biggest my opinion about the biggest issue when it comes to marketing VR is that it has too many choices. And I think it's the next television. It's the next way to experience video content. Because you can like you said, there's a company working on doing concerts to have that experience. Mm-hmm. I you know, train doctors, military personnel. Um, even I'm sure at some point I've seen videos where they're like people are sculpting in they're VR artists, or, yeah you know there's this there's, there's that there is uh, you can
2: go to another
0: part of the country uh, i mean a part of the world mm-hmm. without leaving your house you know mm-hmm. and so it's like there's so many
2: accessibility
0: yeah weren't able to so many I, I can see teleconferences like you know but i think what it really needs to really push it over the edge maybe it's not the hardware but maybe it's the ease of access mm-hmm. instead of you know which right now it's been easier than ever in my opinion, now because you can even get it as cheaply on your phone as cardboard, uh, mm-hmm. you know the the Google cardboard uh, yep. thing or the Gear VR for the 20, 20 bucks, and it actually works pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not that bad. So, um, but well, yeah, I,
1: I can see that. Now, yeah. One of the things that is very interesting about like um, well everything really, not only VR but this is based on 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 the networks. Like for example, why is steam so so strong it's because they have a huge network of users and yeah. the same goes with playstation so i mean if, if you already have a strong network of users it's easier for you to upsell them yeah. So as i from a marketing perspective yeah sure you got the ps4 why not get the vr for it because yeah. you already have the ps4 i mean might as well if you have a high-end pc and you like kind of for the oculus rift i mean sure go ahead I yeah mean. so it's it's the network that you have uh, that allows uh one of them to be winners or losers. And the same, it's not really about the technology itself. And that's something that I find really amazing. It's like, um, for example, when we go back to uh, VHS be- versus uh, Betamax, for example, <laughs> Yeah. like Betamax was really great technology, remember birthed yeah. at VHS. But then again, VHS got a broader base and that's how it won. And the same with Blu-ray and the other one was a high oh, HD
0: DVD.
1: HD DVD yeah. was better mm. from a technical Technological point of view, uh, but it didn't do as well. marketing. just
0: yeah, didn't take off. Yeah. So
1: that also brings me to a point. They didn't have you on their
2: team? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Sometimes marketing tends to be more important than the actual product itself. There was a talk yeah. actually on GDC a couple of years ago that had a very interesting study where they said a uh, bad game with really good marketing could do better than a good game with bad marketing. So I, I found that Amazing. really like eye opener for me. So it's uh, uh, it's it's interesting that again it's not about the, how good the product is. Of course, you have to make a good product in order to have traction. But sometimes, uh, if you understand the market and you're able to give the customer something that they will like really enjoy.
0: Yeah, I I completely uh, agree with that. After years of watching. So many press conferences, like um, I think some of my favorite. Uh, I'm probably sounding a little cliche, it, but some of my favorite press conferences was watch was Apple conferences mm-hmm. because, especially when Steve Jobs were, was was alive, and like he would tell you what you need that you didn't know you needed. <laughs> mm-hmm. He will just like, oh well, you know this is not a problem you had before, but we're giving you like you need this, and you're like
2: sure, <laughs> like. No,
0: that makes sense. Like, you know, like oh, yeah, and my just, life might be better. With you buy this. into it. It is like oh, okay. I mean, I'm not a fan of iPhones. I'm a fan of their tablets. I think their tablets are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, I mean, do I need a tablet? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, but I like the portability of it. You know, I found a need for it, and and I think the same. Like just like you said, this is the same thing for. Why would I buy the next Call of Duty? You know, what are they giving me? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like all the Call of Duty has been awesome. Some has been kind of like, eh, eh, you know, like, you know, where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, but sometimes there's a hook. There's something in there that brings back that fan right back to the Call of Duty franchise because it's like, oh man, I really wanted that in the last game so I'm I'm going to go plop down 60 bucks for that one feature. Yep. You know, and, um, I'm sure everybody will love that. If, if Any game company would love that. Like, you know, putting that out and everything like that because like you said it has it really has this fan base it already has a, a you know a rabbit fan base in some sense <laughs> yeah
1: uh, and just to follow along i mean that's one of the reasons that uh, most uh triple a uh and i believe triple a uh, game development studios are just like releasing the next sequel and for prequel or mm. uh, number four or number i don't know Final Fantasy is going to be 15. It's 15, yeah. again, it's, it's because, I mean, they don't want to risk it. I mean, it's a very big investment. Each one of those video games is like at least $200 million just to make. So, uh, so I mean, if you if you cannot recoup back, I mean, that's a very big hit on the company finances if you, yeah. if you cannot manage to make it. So, yeah. um, again, that's why they release like prequels and sequels and people might get
0: bored of them, but they still buy it. Yeah, people go out and buy those things. Like my biggest pet peeve right now, was the only game that I absolutely loved when it first came out was Kingdom Hearts. and I've been waiting. <laughs> We've been waiting. We've been waiting. I, I bet. I bet you're gonna buy two point five. There's two point five. There's 2.8, There's this. There's that. And yeah, they buy them. They buy them. And we're still waiting for the actual sequel. And you know, but one game that I saw at E3 that I. Absolutely, it was very very excited that it actually has a date and it's going to come out this year, which is um, yeah, the Last Guardian. Um, oh, amazing yeah. game, yeah. And I was like, thank you, <laughs> yes. <laughs> After almost what a decade? Well, no, it's not. It's has not been a decade, but it's been a very everybody's been waiting for that studio to, all right, guys, give us the next experience. And um, but quite honestly, I personally, I'm okay with a studio taking their time bringing out a product because too many times games come out they're not finished there's a bug this doesn't work and oh no, we got dlc it's like okay you didn't realize this before you launched and i get it i get part by the marketing you already put all this money in you set a date it better be ready <laughs> you know and yeah uh, so
1: so i can see both sides of the figure i mean as a gamer of course i love a game that's like fully functional. I, nobody likes to play a game that's broken. Right. Uh, but from the business side, uh, the, the the management needs to report to the higher ups, which are the investors. Right. And they need to make uh, deadlines in order to get a specific target target sales. Mm. So that's why sometimes they have to launch before a game's ready. I mean. Again, I'm not saying that we should launch just because we have like the higher ups at Wall Street and they tell us like we need to make money out of this, regardless mm-hmm. of, of if it's a finished product or not. But uh, I think that the fact that there's more stake on the game and games have become much more um, expensive to make mm-hmm. makes it harder uh, to to just have the leeway like I do, for example, with my team in order to balance the business sides and also the creative, the develop game development side too.
2: Yeah. do you guys practice agile development where you guys have a set MVP in mind
1: we do Just we we, that. we try that I mean uh, we we do have scrums if I believe like every week I'm not that deeply involved with the development side I mean I'm mostly on the weekly calls where we go over the few projects and we deliver we decide what the next steps are going to be for each of the team members but I uh, yes we do do agile yeah. And it's it's amazing. I mean, I'm, I might be here, but I already know what is happening specifically on each one of the projects. And part of that is technology. I mean, you can use Slack and you can connect through GitHub and be able to see what stage of the project uh, the, yeah, the, right. the the specific project is
2: at. So yeah, yeah really cool, dude. Is Slack selling stock? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't think so. Yeah. No. Well,
2: Slack is awesome. We use Slack right. as well. Um, I digress. Yes. Uh,
0: yeah. Has there um, so a question I have for you? I, I remember years ago. Um, when I first started getting into like, not just just playing games, but not really the business of it, but when I started to understand more of it, um, like what is the impact of you, you? Okay, you already have your marketing set. Mm-hmm. You have a date. Yep. Um, but what is the negative impact that happens when a game is somehow leaked out before, or say someone got their hands on it and did like a review? Before, mm-hmm. like, you know, before you lift the NDA on it and everything like that. Like, um, can you tell us, like, something Sure. Like,
2: like, or, like, uh, release pictures or video yeah. of right. stuff, footage.
1: Okay. So, this is just my own take. Mm. Uh, and, and how, when we launched Square, for example, we asked for reviewers to, to wait until we, we actually launch. The reason why we did that is because you only get one big wave to mm. make an impact and if that wave is more like s- several small waves it's very hard for for you to convince people to actually buy it i mean at least for me i have a very short attention span mm. very very short <laughs> so if you tell me about a game that's not released yet I most likely by that launch date i'm gonna forget mm. oh, okay. okay. but if i hear it on the same day that it's launched several times for different media mm. most likely i'll look at it okay. i'm not sure if i'm going to buy it but at, li- at, at least so many people are mentioning it at the same time, I might look at it. So I think that's why most uh, game developers wish for their games to be released exactly at the time of launch or maybe a little bit, but almost at the same time Mm -hmm. so they can get that big first wave that they can ride. Ah, As opposed to smaller waves that might not have the same impact.
2: Yeah, that's common sense. Well, I mean, yeah, it's common sense, but I
0: think... um, people who are not so on the business side of things, they don't really quite understand that. Like, because some people are just excited. And they get pissy. New And, you know, and you're like, let's just put it everywhere. And you're like, dude, you just, you know.
2: (laughs) But
1: it really depends. I mean, it depends on the the object. Like, for example, if you're going to launch a game that's really not well-known and not that many people know about, I mean, sure, you need that big wave. But if you are going to launch a game that everybody loves and knows about, I mean, you just, like, start working the hype.
0: So yeah, a completely uh,
1: yeah. different strategy. Mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah. it depends what the objective is.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, Little teasers. Yeah. I've that's what under, teasers are for. <laughs> I've been under a few NDAs and it was, it was so, I felt super important and cool. It was like, <laughs> I got to see this before
2: else.
0: Uh, <laughs> sure. You know, um, uh, so, I mean, on that side of things, it's like, it really makes you feel cool. But on the other side of people who are looking in from the outside, you don't really get what's happening. Like, uh, I'm, um, there have been weird drama with like twitch and some games you know being streamed before ahead of time and those people get either banned or yeah, there's an, something negative happens to their account and stuff like that so there is consequences to this sort of thing yeah you know?
1: again i i think it truly depends on the objective of of the company uh, and yeah, that but, that
0: goes yeah. really for everything i
1: mean Depending on the objective, the marketing might be completely different. I don't think there's like one way to market a game, one way to sell a game. Right. I mean, yeah. depends on what you want to achieve. If you want to achieve mass uh, mass base, I mean, you just set it up for free. And that's how you get mass base. Mm-hmm. If you want to make like a small increments, I mean, just put like a uh, small advertisement within the game or like in-app purchases, I mean. It truly depends on what the objective is. Mm. I, I I don't I don't personally I don't believe there's like one bullet like that will like that's the marketing way for mobile or that's the marketing way for consoles.
0: Ah, I will imagine that too. <laughs> like there's mm. no magic bullet. There's no you know just like do the best you can with what you have and make it work and believe in your team. Yeah, you know I I, I think that's the best probably the best advice I would give anyone especially. With anything that you market, almost, you know? Uh, you might hit gold. You might not. Yep. Even if you don't, keep trying. Try something new. Try something different, you know? But uh, we're going to bring it to the end. Um, tell everybody where they, I don't know if you want anybody to stalk you on, online or stalk the company, but, you know, give all the, uh, you know, where people can find out more about the company more about you like that.
2: Not stalking, appreciation. Appreciation, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and, I mean, no,
0: no problem at all. I mean, and, and I'm very
1: open if, if somebody needs advice on the, on the business side of games. I mean, my limited knowledge, I'm willing, more than willing to help out. I mean, I, I believe in, in paying it forward. So, I mean, I'm doing that. So, I mean, I'm on Twitter at Mont uh, Pedro. So it's M O N T P E D R O. And that's my Twitter account. Uh, and then uh, we also Leap Game Studios, which is uh,
0: Leap Game Studios. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Pretty easy to remember. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, you know, you can find the uh, Ponder Nerdcast on iTunes, Stitcher and Google Play. Uh, definitely check out GameRebellion.com. That's where you can find the, you know, the podcast, most of them there. Uh, we also, we're also also on PonderNerds.com. We have our own website. And, uh, you know, if you want to communicate with us as well, you can find us on Twitter as well. We're on Facebook. Just look for Pondy as look for the logo, the big shining sun with the fist. <laughs> and, um, and you should, you know, just hit us up if you have any questions, comments, critiques, whatever. Um, but until next time, guys, we appreciate you for listening. Bye, guys.
2: Bye, guys.